We back. We back with another one. Hidden takes episode four. My brother, my brother Jay. Your discretion is wise, because if you can't handle the heat, get out the kitchen, man. And we, yeah. So Jay, we're back with hidden takes, like I already said, man. Ready to talk about ball. A lot of news, a lot of stuff's happened even since our weekly recap, which if you haven't all had the chance to do. Check that out, our week seven recap on Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, wherever gets your podcast, man. Check us out because we talked a lot of games, recaps, and we brought our guy Greg on there over from the Unsavage Just podcast. But enough about that, Jay. How are you doing today, my brother? I'm doing great, brother. As always, happy to be here talking to you about uh, some uh, the best the best sport in the world. I mean, let's let, let's simply put it, the best sport in the world, man. So nice. I think we got we got the best job, Jay. All we got to do is sit here and just talk about some hoop, man. So I'm yeah. I'm ready to get into it. Yes, sir. Can't be mad at that. And we're doing something talking about what we love, man. What you love, like you said. So, man, today is like I said, December eighth, twenty twenty one, and. There is a lot of news. There's a lot of shuffling moving going around the league. There's a lot of rumors, a lot of sicknesses, COVID, man, all sorts of stuff's going on, Jay. But let's start with the big news coming out of the Northwest, the Pacific Northwest, that is, in Portland. And that, with that being the firing of the GM, Neil O'Shea, a lot of people what you know, I imagine thought was coming you know in the offseason a lot of people heard rumblings in Portland about Dame not being happy but Jay what does this mean for the trailblazers um and, and what's next we've heard a lot of things about um Chauncey Billups and the way he's handling players he's been calling guys out you know CJ McCullum a guy on your fantasy squad had an unfortunate uh his lung collapsed um and we found out about that Dame obviously has been out but Jay just a lot of just a lot of bad things going on in Portland, one of them being the fire. What does this mean for the Blazers? Wow. I mean, honestly, like I said, Jay, it's just so much turmoil right now going on in a, in Portland. Everything from star players to being hurt to front office uh, messiness and, and, and drama. And it's just it's just looking like one of those years that it's just not nothing's going right for Portland. Nothing's going their way. And it's, it's one of those years that it's, it's going to test them as a team. You know, it's going to test the characters, uh, the character of not only their players, but, you know, upper management of how they're going to be able to, you know, respond to a year like this. And one thing that I've actually been thinking about is how much is going to test Dame, you know, because Dame talks about his loyalty and how, you know, he's, he's, he's rooted in Portland and they believed in him. So, you know, he's never going to give up on them, but I want to see Is he really going to ride out this shit, man? Because as we know, Dame Lillard is a top tier talent in this league, man. And it would be a shame if we just watched his, all his years go to waste, you know, in Portland, not really winning much, you know, getting to the further, furthest, getting, you know, second round or, 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 or first round exits every year. It's, uh, it's upsetting. And honestly, if it keeps going this way, I will not be surprised if Portland doesn't even make the play in the playing team, the playing. Uh, okay. Uh, okay. Because it's looking bad. It's looking really okay, bad. Right I, was now. Just, I was just about to ask you, does this, is this out for the Portland? Like, do you think they're going to make the playoffs, but you just answered my question for me, Jay. So you're out, no playing play in, I guess like, damn, you, you no playing no for the Blazers. In. Jeez. No I agree with you, man. But what, what about real quick? And we've already like we've already talked about the potential of Ben Simmons going over. Obviously, Dame said he never 
had actually reportedly saying like he's saying the the media had made this up. He never specifically said this himself. But what is what does that look like if they're able to bring in Ben Simmons, a guy like uh, Ben Simmons to who Dame? I think honestly, I think he wants to play with him because that would be a good look for the Blazers. Absolutely, Jay. I mean, honestly, in, in my opinion, man, I, 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 I've been saying this since the whole Ben Simmons saga uh, happening. You know, the Blazers need, need defense. That's exactly what Ben Simmons brings at a high calendar. The 76ers need a uh, a a ball handling scoring first guard to be able to run those pick and rolls with Joel. And that's exactly what's, what CJ McCollum could be. And honestly, to, for the Blazers, what that means, what that represents is the first step in the rebuilding phase, you know, fixing which you need to fix on the court first. And that's, and that's the defense because the defense is just, is just horrendous, man. And then, and then you can, and then you can go from, from, from here on forward, right? You're, you're at a position where this might, you know, this might work because, you know, they, you know, the Jay, they say all the time that the definition of, of, of insanity, of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting different results. The Blazers have been running back the same team for the past three or four years yeah. and they're expecting something different, but, I mean, that's the definition of insanity, dog. Like, if nothing's different, it's going to yeah. happen. So that's why I think that Ben Simmons would really kickstart that whole rebuild that they desperately need. Right. And, Jay, last last real, last real question for you. Do you think that was um, with Neil O'Shea and his firing? Obviously, there's rumors and there's, you know, allegations towards him, like, off regarding this team and how things were operating for him. But do you think it was more that those allegations and all the news coming out about him, or do you think it was more that they need, he he's just become too stagnant. He, like you said, that insanity point that, you know, if you keep doing the same thing over and over, he's running the same backcourt. Uh, he even got smaller bringing in Norman Powell and signing him long-term last in the last offseason. Do you think it was more centered around, you know, those allegations are more they just needed a change of scenery. Like Neil O'Shea had to get out in them for them to grow and them to improve. Like the same th- the same shit wasn't working. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I'm 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 really kind of on uh, on both sides of, you know, I'm definitely on the side of I don't think that anything was working. I think that like I you say all this this all the time in the pod, sometimes the voice grows old in the locker room, you know, it doesn't travel anymore after after he's there for some time. And I think that that's definitely one thing that the Blazers needed, needed a new voice, a new face of the team to, you know, to to, to really be running. But I mean, I'm, I wasn't there. But I don't really, I don't doubt those allegations, man. I don't doubt those allegations and everything that's going on. Uh, just th- there was a lot of, of shady business going on uh, in Portland. I, I believe uh, that the president, uh, right before the investigation started happening, he just quit. So, you know, so it, it's just a lot of a uh, lot of sticky stuff going on over there, you know, and and those those billionaires, those, those were like older white just been running this team for ages and years and years and years and years man you know they definitely got some uh, some outdated systems that 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 they're running but i i'm to answer your question i'm really on both sides i think that not only the voice wasn't traveling and they needed a new face but some alle- some of those allegations i bet that you know really weren't uh, weren't false fall from the truth yeah no i agree a lot of shady business going on man and uh, people just seem if you got a hand on it or if you got the the right card dealt the right card in life you sometimes you're just getting away with it and, and that ain't right at all but anyway let's keep it pushing jay and the next thing i got is the indiana pacers a team that we had talked about on a recap like i said go check out the recap if you hadn't already we kind of already addressed this and asked this question you had asked this question about the indiana pacers and they are Agreeing with you and Greg, they're moving for toward a rebuild. 
And that is they're being receptive to a trade centered around Karis LeVert or either Demonis Sabonis and Miles Turner, man. And and this was something that, you know, you and Greg had already already said you, you thought that the Pacers should do, Jay. But kind of talk talk to me a little bit more about like why now? Why do you think it was TJ McConnell or was this like just bound to happen? You know, they brought in Rick Kyle to compete for a title. And with this current roster build they got right now, those twin towers that ain't working out together. You think it was just only a matter of time, Jay? Talk about that. Yeah, I, I think I think that exactly. Jay. I think it was it was really one of those things that it was it was it was only a matter of time until until they and until they realize, okay, you know, this this isn't gonna work, man. That this this twin towers of of, of Sabonis and Miles Turner is not gonna work. You know, back in the day, uh, I would probably say around like 2011, 2008, like back when twin towers offenses used to work. I think that's that that's the the mentality that they're that they're stuck with and running. And I think that honestly, bringing on Rick Carlisle was. The last straw, right? It was the last straw for the for the past couple of years. There's been a lot of uh, you know coaching issues and the upper management issues, and uh, you know they couldn't really get their they couldn't really get their players on the court. But and but the, you know they kept running, they kept running, and I think that they they thought, all right, well the problem isn't the players, the problem is coaching. So let's bring in a veteran coach like Rick Carla. And I mean, I'll I'll, I'll I got to be honest, like in the beginning of the season, I really thought that Rick was going to be the solution such a great veteran championship coach like that. I thought that he was going to be able to figure it out, but unfortunately it's, it's beyond Rick's ability at this point. I don't know. I don't think anyone, you know, you would have to bring in the freaking Phil Jackson. I don't even know who you'd have to bring in if the Zen master can even do it dog at this point, because it's just over there in the Pacers. It's just, it's not looking like the team is going to work as one, but uh, like I said, Jay, you know, in our last episode with Greg, we talked about, they have so many great trade assets though, you know, so that, that, yeah. that is one thing that they have options. They have, they can mm-hmm. decide where to go. You know, a player like Sabonis or Karis LeVert or Miles Turner, that man, that carries so much uh, trade value. And if you want draft picks, if you want younger players, and if you want all that, man, and all of those guys could be definite, definite um, co- um, contributors to a championship team big time. Yeah. No, I'm feeling that Jay. And what I was, I was thinking uh, if I'm, I'm the sixer or sorry, Sixers, if I'm the maybe Sixers too, but if I'm the Pacers, man, I'm thinking maybe Tank, Jay. And what do you think about that? Tank for a guy like Pablo Benchero, a guy like Chet Holmgren. I mean, you, you've, I think you're just been for this so, such a long time, you've been a team just based on mediocrity. You've just been okay with that. And I think they should just trade away all those assets they got. Like you said, the Karis Leverts, um, you could probably get enough for him maybe a few draft picks or whatever you need. And there's a lot of teams who want Miles Turner. One of them, I know you talked about being the Bulls um, more so than the Mavericks, as Greg had said on, on Twitter. I saw that back and forth. That was pretty funny. But, uh, but yeah, no, I think that uh, – What do you? how do you think about that? Maybe just a tank, tank kind of thing and get kind of a one or two pick um, instead of just this mediocrity thing that they've become so accustomed to in uh, Indiana. Yeah, I'm 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 right there with you, my brother. Honestly, if you're if you're gonna be bad, be bad. Don't be don't be mediocre, man. Like how you said, that's that's in like we always talk about in all the time on the pod. It's it's that's the nose man no man land in the NBA. You don't want to be uh, barely missing playoffs. You don't want to be uh, you know not getting knocked out the first round, second round. Definitely don't want to be getting knocked out. You know that that the third third rounds or later because you're not gonna get you didn't get a championship and you're not even you're not even gonna close. 
going to get close to a great draft pick, man. So I think that if the if that's the pacer, that's the direction that the Pacers want to go, they need to go der- that direction all the way, not like half hold on to it, you know, like, oh, well, well let's just keep Malcolm Brogdon and hope that he can, you know, do something because yeah, that's just that's going to turn into a blazer situation, to be real, if they do that. I think that they're going to rebuild. They need to rebuild full throttle and go 100% in. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. All right, Jay. So for our last segment of news, the last segment thing we need to talk about, Jay, and and I'm gonna have I'm gonna have a great a great time talking about it. You kind of already know it coming here, Jay. Um, and, and that is someone who we're talking about records, and that is you know Stephen Curry uh, trying trying to get that that three point record from Ray Allen um, potentially tonight. He's got six sixteen threes uh, to go on that. And, um, and, and I mean, it's, it's, it's only a matter of time. Like he's got, he's trying to do it at home. I don't know if he'll be able to, um, they got Philly on Saturday against his bro in, in Philadelphia. And then they got two more games, one of them on the road and one of them being Monday night against, uh, or Monday night or Sunday night, I believe against the, uh, against the Pacers. And then the next night is in the garden where he's dropped his 50 points, Jay. But kind of my question to you is they're playing the Blazers tonight um, when we're recording this. Um, and, and, you know, the reeling Blazers, a team who has a lot of players out, Jay, he's got 16 threes to go, man. Are you like, when do you, th- when do you think he's going to break this, man? You think he's going to shoot 30 threes and try to break the all time uh, record for threes in a game, man. When do you kind of feel just along that schedule? You think he'll, he'll break it? Man, honestly, Jay, I really want him to break it this this game. And he, and and he he even said, you know, he he said he, he was like, it's possible. You know, crazier crazier thing in this world has happened. And I'm I'm right there with him, man. And I honestly, as an NBA fan, I want to see him push for it. I want to see him go for it. I I don't want to I don't want to misspeak. So I'm trying to pull it up here. But I believe right now he's taking ten three. He's taking ten threes a game. So. Mm-hmm. Honestly, yeah. six more threes for the greatest shooter of all time isn't the isn't the craziest thing to ask for. To be real with you, man. Right. So honestly, I w- I really want to want to see him go for it, man. Him 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 try to get it. But even if he doesn't get it, at the most at the most he gets it the the following game the uh, mm-hmm. after uh, after this 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 Blazers game because that's just it's it's just you know it, to expect him not to hit seven or more threes this game or and then a, and then at least another. Five to six. That next game is 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 nonsense to me, man. So I think that he's definitely going to break that. Hopefully in tonight's game against the Blazers. But if not, at the most in in this uh, this next upcoming game after the Blazers. What about you, Jay? Yeah, truly incredible, man. I I I just I think that would be storybook if he could break it tonight. And and I I I don't think I could wouldn't put it past him, you know, to do something incredible like that. Uh, I do think he's going to take. You heard it here first. I think well by now when when you're seeing this is probably be tomorrow but uh don't be surprised um if he shoots 30 plus uh threes i think he's just going to be rating them up shooting them up and i think against a team struggling team defensively like the blazers i think it's a perfect team uh to do it again so i mean i just wanted to hear your take man we're witnessing you know the greatest shooter of all time and uh it's a matter of time probably definitely before our weekly recap he'll have broken it so i just had to get your take on, on that Jay, but uh, we'll see what happens tonight. Anyways, let's keep it pushing and talk about our games. Um, one of them being last night, um, December 7th, two, th- our three great games on the slate, two of them. Let's, let's keep it real. Two, two good games on the slate. 
uh, one of them being the, the struggling Knicks. But, Jay, I want, I want to get your thoughts on all, all three of these games. Um, first being, you know, the Brooklyn Nets uh, at the Dallas Mavericks, man. Talk to me about what you saw from KD. James looked like he was a little bit more of himself. And then, you know, your guy, Luca and, uh, and KP, man. What did you see in that game? Absolutely, brother. Let's get into it, man. So, yeah, so like how you said, we you know we saw the Nets uh, beat the Mavs 102-99. And you said it, you said it, you said it best, Jay. K freaking D, man. The closer. Honestly, mm-hmm. it, 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 it's, it's honestly a joy to get to watch basketball players like KD uh, because of, of his talent. His talent level is insane. You know, he had 24 points, seven rebounds, shot 45% from the field. But the crazy thing is, it seemed like he hit all 24 of his points in the fourth quarter, you know, like in the NBA, they, they say oftentimes that great players are able to keep the game close and at the end be able to take over and, and, and win it all. Right. That's exactly what it felt like to me. It felt like KD just kept them, you know, just kept them close. Like, yeah, I don't know if you ever seen that one commercial. It's like that Fisher guy. He's like, well, with the dollar, he's like, Oh, you almost yeah. got it. You almost got yep. it. That's, that's yep. what it felt like to me, man. The KD that's is just State farm commercial. That's state whatever. farm commercial. Yeah. Exactly. Right. Yeah. It just felt like KD was playing with them, man. And mm. whenever he wanted to get a bucket, he, that's exactly what he did. He got to a spot and get a bucket, man. And it, it honestly, it was, it, it was good to see James Harden be able to find his rhythm, you know, as well. He had 23 points, 12 assists, nine rebounds, shot 53% from the field and 50% from three, which is, which is big, you know, especially because Harden is known for, his inefficient play at times, but one thing that I, one thing that I noticed that, that the Nets need to do a lot more of is play is play my guy. I've been t- I've been saying this since last year, man. Nicholas Claxton, man, especially when Harden's on the court because he opens up that lob option for him. You know that pick and roll lob option, and not only does that open up the floor. For 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 Harden because you know he gets a defender on his hip that also opens up the floor for shooters you know around around Harden I know that's exactly a big reason that that the that the the Nets even got Patty Mills uh, so th- I definitely think that the Nets need to step that up because they only played Nicholas Saxon about twenty minutes that game which I think I need to I'm going to see twenty five or more if Harden is going to be on the court with him and then let's talk about an underrated role player man and that's my guy James Johnson out the mm. black belt out there man you know twelve yeah. points. 12 points, four rebounds, shot 71% from the field. And just he brought big de- de- defensive energy all, all, all game, man. And, and honestly, yeah. Jay, uh, I, I, w- I wanted to say this. You know, I wouldn't give it to him because I would give it to Mikhail, but the NBA needs to start doing like a role player of the year award. Like, don't you agree? Like, I think mm-hmm. that'd be a great idea, bro. Yeah. No, I agree. I agree, Jay. I mean, I think that <clears throat> James Johnson has always been that, you know, gritty kind of tough, uh, bench bench player that you need on any roster in Brooklyn. I think it was a great signing, underrated signing, to be honest. Absolutely, Jay. And then and then just to touch a little bit on the on the on the Mavs. Then you know the Mavs had had three great quarters. Man, you know we're we're out there controlling the pace. Uh, they had six players that scored that scored in a double digits, and two of those players were bench players. At a point, they were winning by seventeen. Uh, like like I you know like how you said, my boy Luca was definitely out there doing the work. Twenty eight points, nine assists, six rebounds on forty two percent from the field. Uh, KP showed up seventeen and twelve. But once the fourth quarter rolled around. All that went away, man. They started turning the ball over, taking bad shots. They allowed the Nets to control the pace, and then KD took over. That's that's really what happened, you know. KD closed yeah. the game out, and then the Mavs ended up 
shooting this horrific 19% from the three as a team and 40% from the field as a team. And honestly, that was the story of the game, man. Though they lost it in the fourth quarter and they blew it. Uh, would definitely want to see Luca be able to step up and take more of that uh, that dominant presence in the fourth quarter, like how KD did, man. But overall, just j- just a great game, yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, anytime you shoot 50, 50% from the field on the road, I, that's a winning equation, winning recipe. Um, and that's exactly what, what the, the Nets did. And, and you saw a little bit more of what a, attacking James Harden can do, um, especially from the playmaking standpoint. Um, he was a plus seven in this game. And, and I, I honestly don't think like what he did even on the box score, which is hard to say, always say with James Harden, didn't even show up like he he was just affecting the game uh, in such a positive manner that it really helped um, aid KD. And I think that moving forward, that's what they're going to need from Harden as the Robin uh, to KD's Batman plus. I mean, that, <laughs> KD's just a menace, man. He, he really is. He's really unstoppable, honestly. Um, but, Jay, let's keep it pushing to. It's good to hear your thoughts on that. Tell me what you saw in the New York and uh, Spurs game. Uh, the Knicks came away with the 121-109 uh, win against the Spurs. And I definitely had the Spurs winning because they've been kind of rolling and playing good basketball of late. Um, and, and the Knicks have been kind of the complete opposite, playing really bad basketball, kind of struggling with their identity of being, you know, that defensive minded team. And I talked about it on Sunday as well. So <laughs> I keep saying, check it out, go check out that episode. But none of that humble plug. But um, yeah, Jay, what did what did you see in this game? man? I wasn't able to actually catch this game, but what did you see in it? I know you watched all three of the games last night. Yeah, man. Honestly, I just saw an, an amazing performance of R.J. Barrett carrying the Knicks to 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 another win. Man, he had 32 points, five rebounds, shot 55 percent from the field and 87 percent from three. Jay, he was seven to eight from the three point land, which is which is huge, man. And you know, I definitely want you know want to give him his flowers, want to give him his props. But who I want to who I want to tip my hat off to is Julius Randle, man. You know, he only had 15 points. If you look at the, the the box the box score it doesn't look like it was his night offensively man but what what I like most of that that he did is that he recognized okay this isn't my night offensively and he did other things on the court man you know he ended up with seven assists seven rebounds one steal one block and the points that he did score they were very important late game buckets man so that, that was just it's just very good uh, recognition for him to be able to understand like, okay this is not my night offensively and not to not shoot him uh, himself out of the game but jay yeah. i actually have uh, uh I, know, I know you asked me about the game but i have a turnaround and i gotta ask you a question jay because yeah. i was going back and forth with myself about this yesterday and I, I need i need to know my guy's answer jay do you think julius randall can be a go-to guy a 1a guy on a championship team mm, absolutely not and it's been showing nah jay it's been showing this year and like the past years before that um especially last year in, in the playoffs. I think he, and Greg said it actually on the, on the last show, he said he's a great, an amazing number two option. But in terms of creation, getting his own shot, I think he struggled with that, especially against, especially now that I think last year, teams were kind of taken surprise of it. Of it. Um, there, he was kind of 
just an awkward year in terms of scouting and that sort of thing. But they know he's their go-to guy. Their load defenses are loading up. They're ready for his drive. They're ready for his creation. Um, they're forcing him to take tougher shots. And, and it's shown, you know, his percentages have dropped. He's not getting the same looks that he got before. And ultimately, you know, I think he just had a really stellar, uh, like a crazy breakout year last year. And the numbers may just been like expected or the decline was bound to happen a little bit from a historic and career year like that. Um, so that's just kind of what I think about Julius Randle. And he's an amazing second option. Don't get me wrong, but on a championship team, no, nah, I'm not. I'm not. I don't think he is. Man, JC, because I, 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 I feel you like and, and I, I understand that I understand that perspective, but the, the perspective I'm looking at it from is like, man, like on, on on certain nights, he's he's really a three level scorer out there. He could get it and in, in any type of way, man, he could shoot that step back. He could shoot the, the the spot up. He could get to the hoop. But I definitely agree with you, though, that on the on the nightly basis, he struggles to be able to find his own shot. Yeah. But that that and that leads me right like right to my next point that I want to talk about is then why in the frick did Tom Thibodeau and the freaking Knicks let go of a player like Kemba Walker? That's exactly what Julius, a player like Julius Randle needs. I think that Julius Randle's mm-hmm. game would take such such, such uh, higher leaps and go, go, go to new levels if he had another another scoring first guard or another scoring first player that's a real scoring threat out there that the defense has to account for because like how you said jay you know last year maybe a lot of teams were taken by surprise oh man i know julius Randle had all this in his bag and he had that crazy year but now they know now they're loading up all defenses is just loading up to him uh and he's he's not getting the same looks he's not getting the same shots that he was last year but that's exactly what a player like Kemba would do a real scoring threat that's exactly what he would do he would allow he would allow the defenses to think twice before bringing that double team right because a lot of times yeah. i'm seeing julius randall get catch the ball and you know the like mid mid post and he's catching a double every single time i mean you could be whoever you want a double team is a double team it's going to be kind of hard to fight off a double team and but if but if they had a kemba out there if they had someone that was seriously a, a scoring threat i think that double teams would think twice man so that's just uh, honestly, the L of the year goes to Tom Thibodeau for just pulling Kemba out the rotation. Like I, as I'm watching the game yesterday, I'm watching Kemba not even come out of his his uh, his warmups. Like not even come out of his like Kemba Walker, the only player on the Knicks bench still in his warmups, and I just think that's, that's a sad. problem, man. That, that's sad. That's sad. And After that the, bag too, man. Oh. Exactly. Exactly. Boy, that, you, yeah. That's, man, that's... like. And no disrespect to D Rose, man, but this is who you're sitting in for. Like D Rose, you know, I I, I get it. Championship, uh, not a championship, but star player. You know what I'm saying? Was yeah. a was the youngest MVP of all time. He was doing it back in the day. But come on, man, you know you got to give it to who's hot at the time. And right now, I think it's Kemba, man. So yep. definitely unfortunate yep. to see that. Yeah, man. No, I mean <laughs> definitely, definitely. I think just the Knicks just got to find that identity. Last year, they prided themselves on defense. And if it's going to be a different different style and different kind of play this year, then they just need to find it, figure it out quick um, before this season kind of gets away with them. I mean, last night's win was a start. So let's see if they build on this ultimately. Uh, so let's move to the last night. Sorry, excuse me, the last game of last night. And that was, Jay, your Los Angeles Lakers versus the Boston Celtics. The Lakers come away with the 117-102 
win at the crypto.com arena. <laughs> um, and, and, you know, Jason Tatum le- leading the bunch for the Celtics, 34 on efficient 13 for 22. Um, but I mean, bro, that wasn't enough because they don't have enough, especially with uh, Jalen Brown out. I just story of the year for the Celtics, story of the season. They just don't have the scoring outside of Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown and have the depth because um, we've seen in the past Dennis Schroeder so hit or miss. Uh, and then flip it to the Lakers, led by Mr. James himself with the 30-piece, um, plus 18 on the night. I mean, just – I don't – not a huge plus-minus guy, but, I mean, plus 18, that's that's something good. Um, then you push it to Anthony A.D., 17 and 12, um, uh, four offensive boards. I mean, that's great. Two two blocks, two steals, just doing it all. Russell Westbrook, like you said, Jay, looking like his old self last night with 24 and 11. Um, and just a great team effort. You know, you saw a little bit of everything from the Lakers, man. But you're, you're the expert, the Lakers expert, Jay. I just wanted to give a brief recap of some stats that, that stood out to me, Jay. But Man, what did you see from your Lakers and the Celtics, man, that classic rivalry? Man, like how you said, Jay, it was a classic rivalry game. And honestly, Jay, in the first half, I thought Jason Tatum was trying to go for 50. I was like, he's he's just trying to go for 50, man. He's, hey, Jay. That's it. <laughs> that's what it is. He's, 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 I'm playing him too, man, in fantasy, man. Uh, oh, man, it's a 7-0 matchup for those of the listeners. 7-0 right now. Maybe looking at 7-1 right now because my team my team playing, playing a guy like Jason Tatum is bad, man. But I just wanted to add that, man. He, he looked he was looking good last night looking yeah, like he, a problem he was he, he was looking good man he was looking like like some of the uh the Jason Tatum that we saw uh, you know from the last year the year before that uh, made us be like okay he's a max player he's a max yeah. guy um but you know but you know Jay to, to talk a little bit on 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 the Lakers side of things you know the first half AD was just not being aggressive at all just being the AD that I guess that we've this season, unfortunately, come to know not being aggressive, you know, having possessions where I'm seeing Josh Richardson on him in the low post and he's taking fadeaways, you know. Uh, um, and I like how we say all the time, Jay, the, if, if AD goes, the Lakers goes. If AD doesn't yeah. go, the Lakers, the Lakers doesn't go. Mm-hmm. And at halftime, that's exactly what's happened. The Lakers were not going, man. AD only had seven points. Uh, I think it's a huge problem when you have players like and this is no disrespect but when you have players like THT Russell Westbrook and uh Avery Bradley taking more shots than you the best player on the team the the, the reason why the team goes you yeah. cannot be allowing a role players to to have be taking more more shots you that's absolutely unacceptable because I mean I, I mean let's just be real Jay you know when AD is aggressive and he plays the way he needs to play it forces every team in the NBA to bring the double team man and when the double team mm-hmm. comes that's when the floor opens up for the Lakers man so that you know that 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 first, that first half ended. The second half came out. The Lakers came out with big energy, man. Big energy on defense, uh, playing very aggressive. Especially you know led by Anthony Davis. He was starting to take it to the rim and actually uh, take advantage of those mismatches that he gets. And that's that that's what allowed the Lakers to be able to go on this thirteen and zero run, and then really ultimately be able to outscore the Celtics thirty one twenty in the third quarter. And that kind of the game kind of was never the same after that, man. But well, you know one thing that I just uh, we've been talking about Jay, but it's just AD's yeah. aggression, right? And 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 if mm-hmm. AD plays aggressive, man, that pick and roll with him and LeBron is just so deadly. Is it because it's just so LeBron just has so many options yeah. out of that pick and roll, right? Like he has he has his shooters around him. He has AD rolling. He has his drive to the hoop. And I mean, it, it, it's 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 all 
uh, indicated and it all lands on the shoulder of AD and, and how much he brings in. And that's why it's, it, it could be so frustrating you know, on the nights that he does bring it great, but at halftime, <laughs> at halftime, we got Charles Barkley calling him out. You know, we got Charles Barkley yeah. and Shaq calling him soft and rightfully so, you know, rightfully so, man. Mm-hmm. But overall, just, just, de- de- you know, definitely a great game. And I would be remiss Jay, if I didn't give, if I didn't give my goat, the goat James, a shout out, man, for the last, Four game for the last four games, man scored thirty plus points at the age of thirty six, man. I mean, December thirtieth, he he turns thirty seven, and for him to be having production like this, man, is definitely is definitely just insane, man. But honestly, Jay, like how you said, great game. Uh, uh, Jason Tatum balled out. Thought he was going for for fifty piece. Uh, on and and it would be messed up of me, you know, if I gave AD his props, I need to give Robert Williams his props too, because in the first half, man. He was out there hooping, out there aggressively attacking the hoop, getting to the free throw line five times all in, all in the first half, and just being that role man. You know, honestly, outperformed AD in the in in, in the first half, but ultimately the game came down to points in the paint, man. And the Celtics just did not have that. They allowed sixty six points in the paint, and that was kind of the story of the game, man. They just allowed players to get right in there and get easy buckets. And if that's going to be the case, it, it's 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 very hard to. To, to beat any team, man. But ultimately, just a great game and yeah. enjoyed it as an NBA lover, man. Yeah, and a Laker guy, too. I mean, and Laker this, guy, yeah. yeah, no, I mean, Jay, this, <clears throat> this is the kind of game that the Lakers needed. And, man, just, just, just for the haters and the doubters, man, the Lakers haven't been healthy. And, you know, I, I'm the biggest doubter of the Lakers, but – to, to question LeBron and, and think that this team isn't going to be competitive down, down the road and, and uh, at, at full strength when LeBron is able to play and do what he does, that's, uh, that's absurd. So uh, this is more of what the team can be and, and, and should be. Although I do have my doubts, I think when he, LeBron's in the lineup playing, I, I, I think this team can be a, re- a real threat and a real factor, man. But uh, Jay, I just want to quickly talk about some uh, some games that I are just one game in particular that I saw Monday night. And this is about this is about a team and a team who's still, I think, underrated, which is crazy because they won the title last year. And that's the Milwaukee Bucks with a one twelve one oh four victory versus the Cleveland Cavaliers, a team who's been rolling of late. We saw them you know, hang tough and lose by one or two, I believe, to the to the Utah Jazz on Sunday night. A team who's been rolling with the likes of Darius Garland, you know, Evan Mobley coming back from his injury, guys like Laurie Markin and um, stepping up. And we've seen Jared Allen playing some great basketball as, as of late, too, on that pick and roll game, which is like the number one usage play in the NBA right now. If you don't have a player and a big who can play that pick and roll game, you're going to struggle to get easy buckets sometimes. Um, but Jay, I, I, Jay, it's crazy the under how underrated I feel like Giannis is right now, man. Even after winning the title, being the two-time MVP, right? Am I crazy for thinking that Giannis is still putting up numbers, doing it night in and night, night in and night out, affecting the game offensively and defensively? Stephen A. called saying. Jay, also background story, Stephen A saying that if he puts Kevin Durant on the Bucks last year, they don't win a title. And here's why I think that might be true. Like Kevin Durant, I think no doubt easy to me is probably the most skilled 
is a more skilled player than than Giannis. Uh, but just sure dominance, like taking over the game, able to just have three, four bodies just draped on him. Just he's getting to the rim no matter what. I kind of just agree with that, Jay. Similar to Kevin or uh, Tim Duncan and Shaq. Tim Duncan in his prime may have been the better player than Shaq, but just in terms of a dominant player and just sure of just he he's getting a bucket don't matter no one's stopping Shaq I feel similar to Giannis like no one's stopping him um and not to mention the fact that the Bucks roster also is built around Giannis so that's why you kind of have to take that with a grain of salt like obviously their teams are going to be different Jay but am I wrong for thinking that that Giannis is still a little underrated despite what he's done to this point no, Jay, you're not wrong at all, Jay, because I'm honestly right there with you, man. I think what he's what he really is doing, like if, if people are stopping their everyday why everyday lives and watching Giannis onto the Kumpo play, you would realize, like, holy snap, like how is he not like just the winner of every award? He does everything on the court and he does it at such a high level. And the biggest thing of all is that he just you know brings that constant energy every single night he's a, he's a, he's on go 100% of the time and you know you, usually you get those players like uh like a Matthew Delvadova right that's like on yeah. go 100% of the time but like his 100% is like four points at the max right you know I've like, heard that he, name in a minute <laughs> <laughs> Delvadova that's a name Del- for you Delhi man yeah Delhi yeah but anyway <laughs> but, but, but anyway right so like he, he he's giving you <laughs> Sorry about that. He's giving you a hundred percent every single night. And he's giving you like a triple double, man. Like that's the craziest part, Jay. So no, you are not wrong at all for saying that you, you still feel that, you know, he, he hasn't, he's not getting all the credit that he necessarily deserves. So then I have a question then for AJ, a follow up then. So, I mean, I, I, I would, I would feel pretty comfortable saying Stephen Curry and KD are the most two talented players in the world right now. Like as far as like talent, Right. I would feel very comfortable about uh, saying Stefan that Stefan KD dominance. Yeah. I would say Giannis. But if you had to pick one, Jay, like if you had to pick either, you know, the the the, the skill and the skill and the and the talent or the dominance, you had to pick one basically between uh between Giannis, KD, and Steph. And I mean you can feel free to add anybody else if you want, but I mean, as far as dominance and talent, I think that's the top three of, of those three. Who would you go with, Jay? That's a tough question, but I think in terms of building a team around, I think it's just a little easier to build a team around a guy like Giannis because, number one, just the sheer size of things. I think he's going to be, despite being like some freak injury, his body's going to hold up better than Katie and Steph um, just because of just his sheer size. I mean, the dude's massive, bro. No one's moving Giannis like that. Um, and you know, you can put shooters around him. Uh, he can play the one he can get downhill. He can create mismatches with other bigs. He's bodying any guard that gets switched onto him in a pick and roll situation. Uh, he's continued to improve his mid range game. Um, he's shooting a little better, um, free throws. He seems to have a knack for knocking down big free throws. Uh, and he, he's, I think he's just shooting his shot, just more confident in general, even from uh, beyond, behind the line, beyond the arc. So um, I think Giannis, to answer your question, between of having that dominant, big, versatile, one through five kind of guy, uh, as opposed to 
respectfully, you know, two of the greatest kind of score, top five scores of all time, in my opinion. So it's a tough question, but I'm going to go with Giannis and, and, uh, and what he's doing in terms of the versatility he can bring and building around him as a piece. Um, but anyways, Jay, let's transition to any games that you might have uh, for Monday night highlighted um, this past Monday being uh, Monday, December 6th, what you got on, on those? Yes, sir, Jay. I mean, you know, you know, you know, my second team, my second favorite team in the NBA played, man. That's the Chicago Bulls. And I was and I, yeah. I honestly was impressed. I, I was I was very uh, I was impressed and I wanted to see how they were going to be able to play without uh, w- without such a big player in, you know, in DeMar. And uh, and they, you know, the, the Chicago Bulls, they played the the Denver Nuggets. And before I even talk about the Bulls, man, I just want to give a huge shout out to the Nuggets because the Nuggets have definitely been, you know, under, uh, under man, you know, just been losing player after player after player this year. But this game, they had, they had so many players step up, you know, Aaron Gordon scored 18, Jeff Green scored 14, Jokic, uh, 17 and 15, Will Barton, 19, Monte Morris, 19. And so he just, just had a lot of players, you know, be able to step up and do roles that, that they're honestly not, not used to, man. But uh, so that was just, you know, just a little quick shout out to the Nuggets, but I got to talk about the the Chicago Bulls, man. I mean, yeah, just they're 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 legit. That's your if, squad, Jay. That, that's, that's your second squad. squad. That's my second squad, Jay. And they are legit, man. Yeah. And it, and if people don't know, well, now you know, man, because you know, seeing them seeing them be be undermanned so much. You know, they are undermanned by Demar. They are undermanned by Alex uh, Alex Caruso. They you know they they definitely had to bring out some uh, some players that nobody's seen uh, yet play all season. But you hear they what's up? Jay, question. And and you I don't I don't think you mentioned him yet. <laughs> Is Zach Levine in the MVP discussion? I, I just I think so. You know, I think maybe you could to get be. to him. Yeah, maybe let me let me let you talk more about it. But I just had a just a question that popped in my head there when you were talking about the Bulls, especially with DeMar being out and seeing what he can do leading his team to victory um, Monday night without him, man. Oh, absolutely. Jay. I, I, thought. <laughs> I think, I think he needs to be Jay. That's, that, that's yeah. like steak and ribs and everything for thought Jay, because then like, and uh, if or he's DeMar. not, or DeMar, exactly. That's the crazy thing. You could go, you could go both yeah. ways, Jay. Right. You could go both ways. You know, and Zach Levine, uh, like I was saying, you know, just stepping up big in, in, in DeMar's, uh, DeMar's absence, you know, 32 points, eight assists, shot 56% from the field and 33% from, from three. Uh, Vooch, Vooch came out and had, a, and had a performance that I felt that was necessary from him. You know, with a player like DeMar out, you definitely want to see, uh, in my opinion, Vooch is a third guy out of, out of those three guys. You want to see a third guy really be able to really step up, and that's really what he did, man. 20 points, uh, 20 points 10, re- to 10 rebounds, eight assists, and Lonzo Ball, man. Just like how you said, Jay, just the, yeah. the, the the prototypical point guard, man. If if you want to pick, you know, role player point guard, pick Lonzo Ball, man. He will bring he will bring you buckets, uh, t- twenty points, ten rebounds, four nice. assists, and and he'll do it on an an efficiency rate. You know, a lot of people used to get on for his three point his three pointers. This game, he shot fifty percent from the three and forty six percent from the field, man. Silence so himself. Just, silence him. Just silence him, huh, Jay? And, and, <laughs> silence him, though. It's 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 just it's impressive, man. It's impressive to see yeah. the Bulls. And honestly, you know, I wouldn't say that the, that that Chicago is the same way as New York is, but uh, I would say that when Chicago basketball is rocking, the NBA is just live mm-hmm. and vibrant and just yeah, and it's just fun to watch, man. Just fun to watch and just. Uh, also, you know, uh, hats off to a lot of the uh, Duval players and uh, Derek Jones Jr. scored double digits. Ao Dusomo, you know, he's he he scored in double digits and J- Tr- 
Troy Brown Jr., man. So I just at the end of the day, man, I'm I keep saying it almost every episode. Watch out for them damn bulls, man, because they mm-hmm. are coming, whether people are ready or not. All right, Jay. So let so then you know, like how we always do at the end of every episode, we get into these game picks, man. So uh, sure. today is the uh, Wednesday, December 8th. Tomorrow is gonna be Thursday, December 9th, and that's what we're talking these games for. So let's get straight into it, Jay. The first game that we got is the 76ers versus the Utah Jazz. Who you got on that one? Man, whew, that's a tough one, but I'm gonna go with the Jazz team, just a well-rounded team, well-coached team. Uh, D. Mish playing like a great at a great level, winning the Player of the Week last week. Shout out our guy Greg. <laughs> I'm gonna go with the Jazz on that one, though. Yeah, I'm right there with you, Jay. You know, with, with uh, Donovan Mitchell playing at that kind of level, man. Clutch Talk Player of the Week level. Yeah, I gotta mm-hmm. go with the Jazz, man. So, all right, let's keep it pushing, Jay. Next game is gonna be the Los Angeles Lakers versus the Memphis Grizzlies. What you got on that one, Jay? I'm looking at the Lakers to keep it rolling in that one. Uh, I think it's going to be a battle, though. I think the, the Grizzlies always come out ready to play. One of the team always playing hard, always going to give a team the run for the money, even with their guy Jai out um, in the COVID protocols now. <laughs> but uh, but I, I'm going to go with the Lakers in that one. All right. I'm, I'm, I'm right you there with you, you brother. I, I, I got the Lakers, man. I got them. I got them to continue to keep rolling, man. But just like how you said, though, Jay, the Memphis are not to be played with and they're not to, you know, act like nah. we're going to come in and, and roll right through them because they are not on the five game winning streak, man, as of as yeah. of recording time. So the uh, jar or not, the Lakers cannot, you know, just lay over, man. But Facts. all right, Jay. And then last game of the night is going to be the Denver Nuggets versus the San Antonio Spurs. Who you got on that one? I got I got the Nuggets. Um, depending on if if Jokic plays, but I mean he's been battling some injuries and been probable in game time decisions. But uh, I'm gonna go with the the Nuggets because it's hard to count out Jokic and uh, how he makes his other players better around him. So, but I think it might be another close game. I mean the Spurs always play teams tough, and I would not be surprised if there was an upset. But I'm still going with the Nuggets. Yeah, I gotta, I gotta go with the Nuggets, man. You know, I, after watching the, the the Spurs for you know throughout this throughout this season so far, I don't see them being able to guard a real true big man, and especially an MVP big man in Nikola yeah. Jokic, man. So I definitely think it's gonna be trouble for uh, for the Spurs. So I think the Nuggets will be able to pull that one now, man. But all right, Jay. So you know, Thursday we got to got to clean just a three game three game slate, but uh, very three very good games should be uh, should be interesting, man. But Jay, you got any last you got any last words to say before we close out here, man? Nah, man. I think it's gonna be a great, uh, great week of basketball. Rest of the week of basketball. Looking forward to my guy uh, potentially breaking that record, and uh, depending on what day it happens, man. I'm just looking forward to it. But as usual, man, we always appreciate the love, support, um, everyone listening to our episode. So uh, continue doing so, man. We appreciate it. Yes, sir. Jay said it best, man. We appreciate all the love, appreciate all the support. For those of you guys that are on YouTube, man, don't forget to like, comment, subscribe. Leave us a nice comment down below, man. Leave us a, a question that you have about something or just any topic that you want to you want to talk to us about. And don't forget to follow us on our Instagram, man. You know, our Instagram, our Twitter, our TikTok. It's at Clutch Talk Pod. And for those of you guys on YouTube, it's going to be right here and in the description down below. Make sure to get at us on there, man. We always very active. And then don't don't think I forgot about my podcast, people, man. For the podcast people, if you guys want to get in communication with us, not only could you follow us 
on our Instagram, Twitter, or TikTok. But also, you know, you can write us a review, man. Leave it, leave us a review down below. Write a question, you know, leave us a five-star review and then write a question and then we will answer all questions on the pod, all questions on the show, man. So just get at us, man. There's a lot of ways to get in contact with us because we just some hoop junkies, man. But if Sorry. that's it, man, then we out of here, y'all. Clutch talk out. Those.